Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. And we're down here at the Novacare Complex the day before the Eagles head up New Jersey Turnpike to face the New York Giants in their first divisional game of the season. Thursday night, Zach, and of course this is an important one with the Eagles 2-3. Mm-hmm. and three. The Giants have their backs up against the wall. They're 1-4. and four. Four. So you know, both teams have a lot to lose if they do lose. No, I wouldn't say a lot to gain, but they obviously get to – you know, get their seasons a little back on track, and you know, looking at the looking at the Eagles, some big news this week that I haven't really talked about. Number one, JGI torn ACL. He's done for the year. The Eagles haven't done anything yet at running back, but my sense is that there's something's going to happen. I don't know if it's specifically at that position, but with the news uh, that ESPN had broke the other day that the Eagles reworked Fletcher Con- uh, Fletcher Cox's contract. It sure sounds like they're clearing space. And in leaking the story to ESPN, I'm not, not going to say that's fact, but <laughs> my gut tells me that's exactly what happened. They're making it clear to the other 31 teams in the league that they are open for business. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, so I, I think first off on Thursday night, these running backs are going to get an opportunity to try to show that they're fine. Um, and actually the best rushing performance of the season right. came week three without JHI. Now I still think that uh, the Eagles can can use – I don't want to say a difference maker because unless you're getting like a, a Le'Veon Bell type, you're not really getting a, a superstar type. But uh, certainly someone to help that running attack. I think they have a committee now. I think it helps to have someone you can rely upon. Um, so I wouldn't rule that out. But I do think they're going to make a move of some variety. I know you and I have talked off the podcast about wide receiver. You can't rule that out. Uh, safety, they seem to like Avante Maddox. But if there's one that they like, you can't rule that out. Um, and then defensive tackle, they need to really have a hard look at what's going on with Tim Jernigan um, because Haloti not is injured right now. He's older. You just don't know if you're going to be able to consistently rely upon Nada. And so that's a position that they can potentially look as, as, as well. But I do think the Eagles are going to upgrade at some spot. That's the reason why you open up cap space right now. Right. Uh, well, let's look specifically at running back. Some of the names that have been tossed about have been obviously Le'Veon Bell, who's not playing at all. It sounds like there's a lot of hurdles you have to clear to kind of make that mm-hmm. possible. One but, is the he's on the franchise tag, so the Steelers would have to rescind that. No, uh, no, they wouldn't. The, the, well, to trade him, I, I, thought, I, I thought they would have to. They would have to rescind that. If they rescind it, he becomes a free agent. So they can trade him on it, but then you – then he would play. He, right. he would play, play on the tag. tag here, right? Yeah, and he can't get a contract extension. You can't give him any more money. You just play on the value of the tag. So if you wanted to give him a new deal, that's not possible. Um, right, but that it, yeah, clearly that, that, a, a that, rental. Right, but that yes, but the, uh, the Eagles wouldn't do that uh, um, unless they view it like they're renting him for the rest of the season. They can get a comp pick if he leaves. I think that's more. Mm-hmm. More the thought process there, but I don't know if I. I mean, I don't know why you do that. Yes, but it, I mean, you do it because he's one of the best players in the NFL. So that would and be, you think he's the difference between you and you winning a Super Bowl. But I don't think that's. I don't think he's a difference. And they have other issues. Running back is to me. I mean, running back is is down on the list in terms of areas I would address. Yeah, I I think the issue there is even though you open up the cap space, you'd be giving essentially all that cap space to Bell and. The Eagles can be pretty creative with the money they opened up in terms of either uh, 
extending guys, rolling that money over. There's different possibilities you can do. If you allocate it all to 10 games of, of, of Le'Veon Bell, there is some risk there, not to mention the compensation you're giving in a draft pick. There are other running backs out there, though. And, you know, I thought if you're going to target a guy, the ideal scenario is a player on a rookie deal like Jay Ajayi was last year, preferably someone whose contract isn't expiring. But if you're talking about like like uh, Tevin Coleman in Atlanta, even though that's an expiring deal, it's not costing you much this year and it gives you options going forward. And I guess the Falcons maybe would consider that with the, them being 1-4. I don't know if they would do it now, maybe in a few weeks if they start. If they yeah, I mean, they it. have Devontae Freeman and they have Smith, the young guys who's, who's playing well, but you're right. Uh, and, and then LaShawn McCoy is a name that we can't ignore either because the Eagles know him here. Um, certainly Deuce Staley knows him. The off-the-field stuff you have to look into, but the Eagles – would have more information on the person he is than anyone else. Right. Yeah, I, I think LaShawn on paper makes sense. I agree. Um, you know, as for, you know, for some of the reasons that you've mentioned, um, but he is 30 years old, and I, I, I wonder if you just want to kind of go down that path in terms of, you know, number one, you, as you mentioned, they have the, you have the uh, issues that are hanging over him. Uh, I don't think it would cost that much, though, in terms of a draft pick. I don't think so either. Now, there was a report that the Bills wanted, what was it, a second and a third? Yeah, I don't think that. That's kind of uh, yeah. ridiculous. I, I think, think it a, would take a fifth or six. I think a four is realistic, five. Yeah, I think um, five, not a four. I, I think a five. Because you're, because you're eating his salary, four, too. But, um, right, you're eating his salary. And look, they, they probably want to get that off the books at this point. But he's all they got on offense for the most part. I mean, that team won last week, but I think they had, what, 80-something yards passing was how many Josh <laughs> yeah, but, Allen. But LaShawn and LaShawn was the leading receiver with 28 yards. Interestingly, though, they have the same He must get out of there. But he would sign at the dotted line in a second. Uh, he would love to be back here in Philly. We no, both know uh, that. Yeah, I know yeah. that for a fact. Um, and he, one, of the th- one of the things that uh, – one of the areas that he would upgrade – and it's not just an upgrade, just like, again, is we spoke to Connor Barman yesterday – uh, conference calls, and he was asked about, you know, what kind of what do you see in running backs like LaShawn and Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. and, and he Todd Gurley, yeah, and Todd Gurley, who he, who played with in in uh, Los Angeles, and he mentioned how when they're on the field, you never know if it's going to be run or pass because they're just as good mm-hmm. catching the ball in the backfield as they are running, and that's that's what LaShawn has always brought to the table. He's a really good receiver. He's very good in those screens, and he can block too. So you can have him out there in that in that uh, regard. And there's not really a transition in terms of. Like, I, I, he, he knows the scheme. He knows the locker room. He knows the city. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that if, if you're confident he still has something left in him, and I still think he can play, and you're confident that he's not going to be suspended at some point this year, then it's hard to find someone you have more familiarity with. And the other thing, too, is I, I think that even though LaShawn has a reputation sometimes of, of being a bit diva-ish, uh, I think if, if he came in here, he would be happy to be here. You know, oh yeah, he, he would be. Ecstatic. He wouldn't mind sharing, you know, you know, sharing that running back room and helping out younger guys. Number, 20, number twenty-five has not been filled <laughs> no. since he left. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I think I, I really think that they're fine running the ball. I think it's more if you bring Lashawn in, you want him for the pass passing element and the blocking element. Certainly, his running skills are you know they're great, but I you know Clement's a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. Smallwood's meh. We've seen him drop a fair amount of passes. He did catch the pass. I mean, they need Sproles back. They there. need Sproles back. They're getting him back. So maybe they're looking at it with Sproles 
That was Spools the first thing Doug mentioned today. Spools has been out with this. He'll miss this game. It's to be four games he's missed with a hamstring. Yeah, well, uh, I asked Doug today, what's the plan of running back with Jay out? The first name he mentioned was Darren Sproles. The first name. Right, so they're looking to have Sproles back. And make, that's why, I, again, if you look at the uh, if you look at the the roster right now, I th- really think that they would go defense first before they'd go offense. But, and I know the problems are probably a little more on the offensive side than they are the defensive side. But they do have Matt Collins probably coming back, and Mike, one of those guys, Mike Wallace, could be the other one. I'm not saying those guys are going to be a bomb to what's ailing the offense in terms of the, the deep ball. But Wallace would certainly help in that regard. Let me ask you this, though, in, in, terms, of, in terms of running backs. Which group is better? Okay, 2017 group of LeGarrette Blunt, Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, and Kenyon Barner, or 2018 group of Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams and Darren Sproles. Yeah, probably last year's. Yeah, and they and they look for an and upgrade they, there. And they still and they still brought in JJ. And yeah. again, like you and I, as we were talking um, on our way over here, we mentioned how you know Jai was partially looking ahead to 2018, but you know we can't deny the impact that he yeah. had. I mean, no, he was huge. he's a he's a really tough runner. Yeah, not much of a pass catcher and not much of a blocker, but he's a really good guy to run on first and second down. Um, Tough guy, a lot of lot of yards after contact. Jason, I mean, Jason Kelsey said after the game that he's probably one of the hardest runners mm-hmm. he's ever played with. So they're going to lose that element certainly. I think Smallwood runs hard, um, so I think he could be more of a what, what first and second down guy. And then you have Clement on third downs, and certainly when Darren comes back, he'll, he'll mix in there as well. So I think maybe you can get by with running back. But I would say though that uh, unless you're willing to bite the bullet on an, a Le'Veon Bell blockbuster type deal. Then I don't see the point. Yeah, then I, well, then I, I would think that Lashawn McCoy, Tevin Coleman would be the would be the best candidates. Yeah, I don't see them making a move just to make a move. I agree. Um, wide receiver, um, you know, to me, I guess that's probably a little more of a need than running back because they just don't have anybody right now that's that's really making defenses fear the deep ball. Um, you mentioned uh, Devontae Parker to me the other day, mm-hmm. kind of falling out of favor with Adam Gase in, in Miami. Like Jay Ajayi, yeah. not really playing much. It seems like he's a little banked up as well. Yeah. Maybe he's an option, but there aren't really that many attractive receivers out there. You never know. I mean, there's lots of guys out there. It could be someone we haven't even mentioned. Have you I thought anybody else? Uh yeah, I mean, it's, Terrell pr- it's hard to say. If, <laughs> like, it's all if, trash. If you're talking about blockbuster-type deals. Um, well, not yet. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to give up a high pick, maybe you can try to get a, like Amari Cooper from Oakland because Oakland's a mess right, right now. But no. Well, so they have two second-round picks. Yeah, I think that the big question uh, with the Eagles right now in terms of any trades is you have to sit down with your training staff and you have to, you have to realistically say, is Mike Wallace coming back this year? Is Matt Collins coming back this year? Is Tim Jernigan coming back this year? Uh, like these are questions you need your answers for before you can make a decision. Uh, I think even if you get you get the okay that Jernigan's going to be back at some point, I still feel like the interior of that line could be upgraded. I mean, Destiny Vayu, yeah, needs to do more. And he played a lot of snaps more than he typically does because of not his not his injury. But he didn't. He, you and I had as many plays in the stat sheet against the uh, Vikings that he that he did. I mean. What's he doing? He's got one tackle, one solo tackle all season. That's no, 100 and something, 30 snaps. I'm not saying that position's not really a glamorous position in terms of stats. But we talked about this at training camp. And he's, he's, he's 
he's taking up blockers to basically free up Fletcher. Yeah, we talked about this in, tra- in training camp. Defensive tackle depth was a question then, you know, and and and, and we said with with Nada, they're really counting on him. You know, Jernigan's injury was a big deal. Uh, the older guys they brought back have been injured. Peters yeah. has been dealing with a quad. Sproles has been out. Nada. But, yeah, Corey Graham's banged up right now. Mike Wallace practice. is out. Yeah, I, I I mean, older players tend to get injured more. Now, now young players get hurt too. Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, but it, they have five guys over the age of 33 on their team, and all of them except for Chris Long have missed time. So four of the five. Right. Mike, Michael Bennett's almost 33, but he has yet to be yeah. injured as well. All right, let's look at the Giants' mm-hmm. uh, second half of this podcast. We, we know this team pretty fairly well, but it's you know, new new leadership up top with Pat, our old friend Pat Shermer, <laughs> who had a rough week. Finito. Finito. Rough week in New York. Uh, with his star receiver basically throwing everybody on the team under the bus. He handled that well, though. I thought Pat did a good job handling that. I give I give him credit. Really? You disagree? I mean, I, you know, he was fired up after that game. Certainly the way they lost 63-yard field goal is yeah. tough. I thought, I, I mean. I, I think mean, Pat done. really, I think Pat needs to, I mean, he needs to nip this in the butt. I think that's exactly what he did, though. Right. And, if, I mean, first off, he was the adult in the room. And second off, he did not, he did not let Odell off the hook. And I, I love it when a coach says, when says, go as can make you know yeah. he's a grown man, make him accountable for What's it. What's Odell unhappy about? <laughs> he just signed his contract. Yeah. He gets targeted more than any receiver in the NFL, pretty much. Well, Eli's he's not throwing Antonio deep. Brown. Eli's not throwing. He's not throwing deep. deep is basically yeah. what he's concerned about. Yeah, um, and and they're and they're losing. So I mean, but the, is he throwing deep because of that offensive line? They you know they they upgraded it. They brought in Nate Solder, but this, yeah. that, that line is still not good. No, it's it's especially the right side, and that's where I mean, if, if you're looking at this game, Brandon Graham against Chad Wheeler. You remember Chad Wheeler when he was here? Uh, so yeah, that's that's a uh, a matchup that I think the Eagles can. Now the ball's going to come out quick. We saw you know, that's what Eli does, and that's what uh, they did effectively against the Eagles last December, I believe. And tackle, you know, tackle. You got to tackle. Yeah, and you know, Jalen Mills. This is what you bring him in. Sure, this is why he's here. You can you can throw that that short stuff all mm-hmm. all game check down, but he's not gonna let you get you, he's not gonna for the most part let you uh, yeah make get them earn you, you know and that's uh, if 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 a team's gonna go on fifteen play seventeen play drive against you, I just think there's 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 more opportunities for this defense to stop you on third down get turnovers they yeah. haven't been getting turnovers yeah, yeah. they got to get turnovers what what's killing this defense. Uh, you know, it's the 68-yard play. Yeah. That just puts you in scoring. The big right plays. They gave, exactly. up, they gave up five last week, 20-plus. Tw- uh, yeah. Explosive plays is what they're called. Yep. They're, that's just that's just burning them too much. Yep. And it's not really the pass rush as much as it is the, the secondary pass. Now, the biggest difference when playing this Giants, you know, because we see the Giants every year twice uh, in, in in terms of you and I looking at, at these matchups. But Saquon Barkley is the first time the Eagles are seeing him. And he's a true difference maker. You've watched a lot of Saquon in, in your life going back to Penn State. Yeah. Um, how much of a factor is Barkley going to be? Yeah, I mean, you were at, you know, we, we asked several players, Jordan Hicks. I talked to Nigel Bradham a little bit yesterday, one of his rare appearances <laughs> in the locker room. And he said he reminds him of Marshall Falk. I thought that was pretty That's fair cool. comparison. I mean, That's I, a I, Hall of Famer. He's, yeah. yeah, he's obviously not there yet. But in terms of his ability to, again, as we mentioned earlier, catch the ball in the backfield and be explosive there, run at any time, any moment he can break one off for 80 yards and a touchdown. So you have to be, be wary of that. And the Giants, in some ways, have been able to kind of use him um, as a decoy to open up other things for the offense. 
but in other ways they haven't. He's catching the ball, and he's so explosive with the ball in his hands. Right, you get the ball in his hands, um, and you have Odell. Do you, uh, you know, not to change topics here, but last year we saw in the first game against the Giants, they had Mills' shadow. <laughs> uh, you're laughing. Yeah. That's it, I mean, Odell had his catches last year. Yeah, but the other guy was Rasul Douglas. And, I, I mean, if Mills' weakness is his speed, Douglas' weakness is his speed. So, I mean, this year you have Darby. Um, I'd rather Darby? have Darby on. Have Darby on him? I'd rather have Darby on Odell. Uh, but the thing is, you know, Jalen's not going to back down from that matchup. That's I mean, when you talk oh, about Jalen, yeah. when you talk about Jalen's personality, it's a challenge. It's a challenge he wants. Exactly, and I I kind of like that. Although and he knows he they know each other very oh, well. Oh, real well from LSU. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's going to be. But I don't it, think so. I think he's just going to stay left or right. Odell's going to get his yards. I mean, every time he plays the Eagles, he seems to get his yards. I, I just think you, you need to pressure Eli. You need to force turnovers. That Giants game last year up in the Meadowlands, when the Giants took that big lead, what changed the game was was Darby's interception. Um, Eli is susceptible to turnovers. The Eagles need to, need to get to him and need to force turnovers. All right, well, let's look to the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Defensively, the Giants, I mean, they got talent, clearly. JPP is no longer there. Um, They're getting Vernon back this week. But it, Vernon's it, back, yeah. okay. It might be on a, on a limited count, but but that's that's something that... He's solid. Yeah. He hasn't really killed the Eagles as much. What are some no. of the other matchup, matchups you think could uh, you know, favor favor either side? Yeah, so I, I don't love that Giants defense, but but Landon Collins, we've seen him play well uh, against the Eagles. I think Eli you have Apple's to watch him playing in the middle. Well, playing better. Yeah, um, I still think the Eagles can move the ball against them. Uh, and, you know, the, the the Giants had good defensive games those first two weeks. They've given up yards, that, or, or they've given up points, really, these past few weeks. Um, I would have confidence in, in the Eagles' offense here. I expect a high-scoring game, or a higher-scoring game than, than what the Eagles have 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 been in, but the reality is the Eagles are shooting themselves in the foot. The term we hear most in this facility is self-inflicted wounds. And third down, red zone, um, we keep hearing them say they're moving the ball between the twenties, and then they're struggling there. And they got to score points. They so got to score touchdowns. So you think finally more than twenty-three points? Yes. Yeah. It, but that may not be enough to win. It might not. Um, yeah, I, I'm picking the Eagles to win here. Uh, I just think they're a better team. I tend to think on Thursday night games, the more talented team wins. Um, interestingly, Doug Peterson's had his players ready for Thursday nights. I thought they were going to lose in Carolina last year. Remember that? And the Eagles went down there, and they played a great game. They won two years ago. The Giants um, were legitimate playoff team, and the Eagles played them here on a Thursday night, and the Eagles upset them. That was a big win for Doug Peterson. Yeah. They were reeling. Exactly. So... And and Doug said today that, that sometimes in these Thursday games, you just tend to simplify things. You know, you, you let the players play, and I, I think that that's what you're, you're going to need. You're going to need Carson Wentz to carry you to a big win. They need to have, to me, they need to come out on a, and score right away. Like, they need to have better drives on the, on the first possession. Now, you know, maybe not even get seven, get three, but you have to kind of start sure. working from ahead. And, you know, I'm probably going to be writing about this today, about the run-pass ratio. Exactly. And yes. I think that it's easier said than done getting ahead. Um, but last year's team did so almost regularly. And I don't know if this team, uh, Zach Ertz said it after the game, that this team, I don't know if that's, this is true or not. I don't know tell me what you think. But this team is built to play 
from ahead. I think so, you, absolutely. You can't be spotting. Now, you said any that, team. You can't no, be spotting someone leads. Yeah, but, but I, I said that during the offseason. In terms of the way they constructed the roster with these pass rushers, um, their whole emphasis is to make you one-dimensional by forcing you to not to run. because can off. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. So I think that was an issue. Now, the Eagles were up 17-3 against Tennessee, and they lost that game. Um, but nonetheless, I, I agree with Zach Ertz there. I mean, maybe Doug does what he did in the Colts game, come out, no huddle, I don't know, do something to kickstart the offense. If, and it worked in that game. Yeah. If we look at the box score at the end of the game, how many running back carries are there? Uh, well, if it's a win, I'll say there's plus 30. Okay. If it's a loss, I'll say it's under 30. How's it split up? Um, I think that Smallwood and Clement will probably get an even amount. And, okay. You know, sprinkling a little bit of Josh Adams. Okay. You're, 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 this is for the fantasy people, right? <laughs> no, no, no. This is because you talk about the run-pass ratio, and I think yeah. I think what, what people want to know is if, if the Eagles are going to have that lead running back or if they're going to have the true committee. Carson Wentz said that the Eagles have always been by committee here. They looked at Jay Ajayi as their top running back, and he was the guy they relied on, but they always but they, went to a committee. But, I mean, have they, have they, has anyone carried the ball more than 20 times with underdog? I think, I think Ryan, Ryan Matthews, Matthews did, did once. Yeah. And Blunt may have gotten close. Blunt was close last year. I don't think he ever rushed for more than twenty. I have to look back at that Chargers game. I'm yeah, sure he got I don't that think Chargers they game. want that all. They, you yeah. know, unless they had somebody with that kind of talent, there's just no need to to ride somebody. It was interesting that Doug today admitted that teams are defending the RPO mm-hmm. better than they did last year, and it, it was to be expected. I'm sure they, a lot of teams spent a lot of time trying to shut down the Eagles' RPO game. Now the Eagles were certainly kind of devised new ways to kind of attack teams, but. I mean, to me, there's only so far you can go with RPOs. And we were talking about this on the way over. I mean, you know, that's more of a Nick Foles thing than I think a Carson thing. Yeah, I I think so too. I I think Nick Foles likes the quick read. I think Carson wants to scan the field. Um, That's that's kind of always been Carson's. That's Carson's personality. He wants to take control. He wants to throw down the field. Yeah. Also, as well. Maybe this will be uh, the game where he finally kind of gets uh, a big one over the top. I mean, they've had a few opportunities. but Nick likes to let it rip. That's what he always says. Let it rip. Let it rip. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Carson was saying they're playing more cover two on him too. But I don't know. Why are you playing cover two when you don't have anyone beating you deep? But we'll see. Um, you know, last year we saw the Thursday night win over the Panthers really kind of legitimize the Eagles to a lot yep. of people. This one, if they do win, will kind of get them back on track. It's, it's almost a make or break. You go two and four. I know in this division you still have a shot. Um, and they'll probably be in contention no matter what they do over these next few weeks, whether they, unless they lose all of them, into November. But to get back yeah. to 500 with a divisional win will be huge for Absolutely. This team. The, the biggest reason for optimism right now in Philadelphia is this is a bad division. The Eagles are the most talented team in the division. They have the best quarterback in the, in the, in the division. The Eagles should win the NFC East, but you, you can't cough up games. And, you know, if, if you lose to the Giants here, drop to 2-4, 0-1 in the, in, the, in the division – it's a hole you have to climb out of. Season looks a lot different if you're three and three, one and nothing. Did you pick a score yet? I didn't pick a score yet, but I think the Eagles win. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick the Eagles too. Maybe upper twenties for both teams. I've been wrong all year though. I'm one and four. I'm terrible. I'm one yeah. and four too. All right, well that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean. Was a guy. We'll talk to you guys after the game Thursday night.